In this week's episode, we chat to our most loved health detective, Aline McCarthy. Aline is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, functional health and nutrition coach, and specializes in gut health. She is a self-described health detective and wants to get to the root cause of your symptoms and doesn't subscribe to finding just a band-aid solution. Today, we chat bloating. Is bloating normal? I kind of thought maybe it was, but not so much. Let's discover more. Here we are. Enjoy. Aline McCarthy, welcome to Virgin Active Minds. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, particularly one of my favorite topics, ditching bloating. Fantastic. I am so stoked to have you. Here we are to talk about bloating, and I think it's probably, well, this is me, not the expert, but I feel like it's safe to say that it's probably a fairly typical problem and condition that a lot of people are dealing with. I know for myself, I know what bloats me. Lentils and uh, chickpeas, especially when they haven't been cooked down a lot, like if I make a, a dal, which is lentils that have been cooked over an hour, no problem. But if I'm eating lentils in a salad that, you know, straight out of a can, then I've got problems. And chickpeas, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how quickly the bloating is happens. Anyway, that's my little personal story with bloating. I'm thankful that it seems to be just those two things, but as a vegetarian, it's it, it kind of pops up in my life a lot, right? Because they're kind of a staple for vegetarians. So for you, Aline, I don't understand what bloating is. Like I know that chickpeas make me bloated, but what is it? Is it an inflammation thing? Is it, am I having an allergic reaction? Yeah, and that's so very common, what you've just described, particularly with the lentils, chickpeas, beans often really bloat people, right? Um, so the easiest way to break that down is that it's just your body communicating with you that it's not very happy with what you've just done, right? And so starting to listen to that sign and going, mm, that felt really uncomfortable. Is it causing fermentation? Is it because, you know, you've got an imbalance in your microbiome that is sort of reacting to that particular food that you've been eating? Is it a real food sensitivity that your immune system is triggered by some food proteins or, you know, substances in that food that is setting off the reaction and the bloating? Um, is it a sign that you don't have enough stomach acid to actually digest that food? Is it a sign that your pancreas isn't pumping out enough enzymes to digest that food? Is it a sign that your gallbladder and bile flow are a little bit compromised? Um, so again, bloating has so many different uh, reasons and causes, but certainly if it does happen and if it does happen repeatedly, um, we want to sort of take note and maybe think about that. Now with the lentils and chickpeas and beans and stuff like that, again, because you, you do say you tolerate it better if it has been properly prepared, maybe pressure cooked or soaked overnight. And those are very ancestral methods that, you know, our ancestors used to make those foods easier to digest. And we have sort of forgotten about the ways that these foods were prepared for a reason, you know, to make them easier because people do find if we don't prepare them a certain way, then it's a lot harder on our digestive system. And that is because, um, you know, particularly the legumes, the lentils, the 
chickpeas and stuff like that. They have a lot of um, lectins in them, which are basically just very hard to digest. Um, we can reduce those lectins by pressure cooking them, soaking them and preparing them. So if you do find that all of those food preparation methods work for you, then yeah, keep going. If it doesn't bloat you and your poos are fine and you're, they're coming out easily and all of the above, then it's probably working for you. Okay. And so it sounds like, you know, bloating isn't necessarily normal in inverted commas. Um, it is another message from our body saying that, you know, potentially there's something up, I'm reacting to maybe what you've eaten. Are there other things other than what you're eating that can potentially cause bloating? Like, could it be a psycho-emotional stress response that causes bloating? Have you found that? Uh, certainly. I mean, if you are in a stressed out state, we do know that you're not going to even absorb the nutrients well. Like you you know, we have a sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight mode. And, you know, we used to be running from tigers or other predators. So our body sends blood flow to our muscles to run away from that threat. And it's not necessarily in your digestive system to actually digest. So when we then sit down for a meal, we go into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest nervous system. So then our body is in that perfect nervous system state, slows down, sends a lot of blood flow to your digestive organs, starts producing enzymes in your mouth from smelling and seeing the food without even having started to eat. So your body has this response, this nervous system response to seeing, smelling, preparing food, anticipating the food, you get more saliva, you get those digestive enzymes pumping. And certainly we do know we then digest and absorb the nutrients a lot better. So yes, can we be in a stressed out state where it might be running, you know, running on eating while we're driving or eating while we're running around and multitasking? All of those things are going to mean that your digestive system is probably not producing the enzymes and other things, digestive juices that are needed. And then, yes, you can be end up, you know, you can end up with more bloating for sure as well. So stress and not being in your beautiful rest or digest nervous system when you're eating is certainly a, you know, can be one of the reasons why you're bloated. I mean, it sounds pretty simple that, you know, the, the symptom of bloating is having an extended belly that feels a bit uncomfortable. I guess it feels bigger than normal. Are there other things or other signs that we might have to say that potentially bloating is a problem in this moment? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously pain, right? A lot of bloating is obviously super um, uncomfortable. Uh, people then usually also get a change in bowel movements that might be constipation or it might be loose bowel movements it might be just an urgency to go to the toilet um you can have acid reflux obviously along with the bloating as well and that feeling of indigestion so yeah a whole range of sort of digestive symptoms can go along with bloating they don't have to go along with it but often they do right okay and is there a point where someone should go and get help? I mean, what would you recommend to someone, you know, if they're feeling bloated once a month because of a certain food, potentially let's just look at how we maybe change the preparation of that food. But is there a scale on where you feel like someone should go and 
see someone about it? Um, I think a lot of people have that intuition. Like it obviously has to happen frequently for people to kind of go, wow, this is really uncomfortable and I'm not going to tolerate that any longer. It needs to be investigated. With anything in our health, we often leave it until it's a little bit too late. Like it has to get to a point of discomfort where people can't ignore it anymore. So I would certainly, you know, go much earlier. If it's only once a month and you do find it's only one type of food and you can easily leave that food out, then by all means, it might not be needed to be investigated. But I would always see that bloating as some form of, you know, again, your digestive system communicating with you. And I feel like the gut, the absorption of our nutrients that nervous system that is in our gut, it is so, so important as a foundation of our health, that there's always ways to improve that. And I'm always working on my gut and my digestion constantly because we do live in a modern world with strange foods and, you know, stress and toxins and medications that we sometimes have to take because they are necessary so all of those things do affect our gut. And so I feel like it's a beautiful way of self-care to eat beautiful food and to give my digestion what's needed on an everyday basis. So I would always be looking for gut health. You've just explained to us beautifully that it is, you know, it's not just the food that we're eating that is potentially causing bloating. But if we do just for this moment, stick with the food side of things. And obviously I've discovered that eating chickpeas and lentils that haven't been stewed down for a long time definitely caused me bloating. Are there any other classic foods that people are possibly eating, but just not consciously linking up the fact that when they eat it, they're becoming bloated? Is there anything for the listeners right now to say, hey, this group of foods is potentially giving you a problem? Yeah, I mean, it can really be anything, right? Because you can have food sensitivities to even potentially really healthy foods like avocados or carrots or, you know, like stuff that you really shouldn't be reacting to. But if you have had an underlying infection or a microbial imbalance for a long time, you, you will find that your immune system gets more and more triggered and you might potentially react to really, really healthy foods. But to make it easier... A lot of people are reacting after a high protein meal. So you can almost do this as a little bit of a self-test at home. If you're eating a food high in protein, like a good piece of steak or fish or chicken, or as a vegetarian, obviously, you know, your lentils and stuff like that. And you do find consistently like that is uh, making you bloated or you might subconsciously already avoid eating that much protein because it hasn't felt good for a long time. That can be a sign that they don't have enough stomach acid because we need good stomach acid levels to break down that protein and digest it well. Then the next step would be to go, okay, you're fine with the protein meals. Now let's have a meal with a lot of starch in it, you know, lots of starchy veggies, maybe lots of grains and stuff like that. Um, again, if that consistently causes you bloating, it might be indicating that your pancreas needs a little bit of help with pancreatic enzymes. Again, you can supplement that, but you can also, uh, you know, obviously work on, you know, having more balanced meals. Like there's a lot of ways to still, um, you know, 
work better with your macros and stuff like that. But certainly you should be able to digest starchy food as well. So if you constantly find that it's either a bacterial overgrowth in your small intestine, a SIBO, they really react to starchy, fibrous sort of vegetables as well, or it's the pancreas. Um, if you're having high fat meals, like fried foods or really fatty sort of piece of salmon, for example, um, or, you know, just lots of butter and fats added, and you find you're either avoiding that because a lot of people avoid fatty foods already, or you're eating a really greasy sort of meal and you're just like going, I cannot digest this. Um, it's making me super bloated. I feel awful. Then that's more of a sign or indication that your gallbladder might be struggling, might be sluggish. That happens a lot in women uh, in particular because there is a hormonal link with the gallbladder as well. But certainly, um, you know, our Western diet and our lifestyle haven't helped our gallbladders either. So that's uh, some three really good points that you can even just test out yourself at home. Just have a really high fat meal. Do that a couple of times and see if you each time you feel absolutely horrible afterwards. Um, and then it will give you some indication of what's going on. And yeah, if you're eating sort of more um, garlic, onions, cauliflower, broccoli sort of uh, stuff with um, which people call like high FODMAP meals, wheat and, you know, grains can be in that category as well. Again, that's more of a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or um, IBS indication. And again, it will give us really good clues when we're doing, when I'm doing an intake with people, I'm asking them all of these questions, obviously, in a questionnaire, talk about it. And it will give me a better indication of what might be underlying that is causing that food trigger. And then, yeah, start an elimination diet, you know, like just leave out um, a lot of foods that are triggering you for three to four weeks and see if that really massively improves your bloating and your other symptoms. And if it does, then that gives us a lot of clues, right? But also it gives your gut a little bit of a break. Your immune system doesn't constantly have to react to those foods. 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So it's really important to calm that immune response down. If you're constantly feeding it that food that your immune system is sending out, um, cytokine reactions to, then, you know, it's constantly in this alarm state. So it's a nice way also just to calm it all down, give it a break and see if you feel better and then maybe investigate the next steps. Okay. Look, there's, that's a really beautiful plan of action there, you know, in regards to if we're just discussing food alone, you know, it's a little experiment we could be doing at home is just testing out these uh, a few different diet types, you know, high protein, um, high starch, and, and just to see what happens. If someone does discover that, you know, if someone does that this week, they have you know, over the next two nights, super high protein foods and realizes that they are becoming very bloated and uncomfortable and potentially some pain. Um, do you think it's enough to say that, okay, I'll just stop eating those? Or is it that we should be taking that next step to discover, uh, I forget what you had said in regards to the high protein, that it was potentially a uh, gut acid yeah it's a stomach aspiration so no you should you you absolutely need protein you need all of your macronutrients for your cells to be supplied with the raw building materials to actually 
uh, you know, make energy and do the job that the cells need to be doing. You absolutely need protein. So you should not be avoiding protein and neither should you be avoiding fats, right? We need fats to absorb vitamins that are fat soluble, like A, D, E, K, all of those really important fat soluble vitamins. We need fats to make hormones, etc. So no, you, it's only a test. But then that will give you an important information and going, okay, now we can do something about that. So then it's time to, for example, with the protein go, well, how can I find out if my stomach is really, truly low? Can I go and get some help? Maybe I'll take a little bit of apple cider vinegar with meals that has been shown to really help stimulate the um, gastric juices. And it's certainly a very inexpensive and safe thing, you know, that you can easily get at the supermarket. Uh, at home to start adding with meals. Apple cider vinegar also helps with, um, you know, the glucose spike with meals. So it's quite a nice thing to do in general. But again, some people might be reacting to that apple cider vinegar. So again, it's never a one size fits all solution, but certainly it's an, again, it's an easy thing to try out. Do I feel better when I have some apple cider vinegar with meals? Does that really help me digest the protein better? If it doesn't, you probably need a little bit more. You might need a supplemental thing. Your nervous system is also really involved in stimulating your gastric juices. Um, so again, high stress usually lowers your stomach acid. So again, there's lots of different approaches we can then start taking to help your stomach to work better. There's also certain bugs like H. pylori that a lot of people have that we can test for that hang around in the stomach lining. And their um, defense mechanisms of that bacteria is to actually lower your gastric juices, your stomach acid, because it wants to survive, right? Um, so sometimes if it's an ongoing issue and you're also experiencing some burning potentially, it might be good just to get tested for that and see if there is an underlying H. pylori issue that's keeping you stuck in that low stomach acid cycle. And for those at home right now, potentially suffering and bloating uh, at any degree, I mean, I feel like the, the question is already answered. The question was going to be like, what could someone do today? And this food test, I, it's like, I just want to go and do it. Right. I'll just love a good experiment <laughs> and, and a good excuse to eat lots of fat for one night and just see what, <laughs> and see what happens. But is there something that you would, you know, leave people with today? One thing that they could possibly do in regards to either, you know, relieving their symptoms or potentially discovering what might be causing their bloating. I mean, the easiest thing really is to de-stress when you're eating is a big part. Yeah, smell your food, enjoy your food, enjoy it in good company. Like all of those age-old wisdoms, they still hold true. We do know we digest the food better then. And really taking time to chew your food. Chewing is part of your digestion. You're really breaking down the food in smaller you know sizes so that when it does enter your digestion it is already broken down plus you're already making some enzymes with that saliva and that chewing so again we are often rushed we're often not really present when we're eating and then we don't chew appropriately and we kind of just swallow those big bites down and expect our digestion to catch up with that so that's a very easy thing to get started with and a lot of people already feel so much better when they only start doing that 
I absolutely love that. Honestly, I, I, I know that you had mentioned that previously in the conversation, but it, I, I didn't expect it then. What a great first step, actually. You know, here I am thinking, okay, what is all the fats I could eat tonight? But it's like, actually, no, why don't I just sit down and like you said, eat slowly, smell my food, have a relationship with what I'm about to eat, potentially a relationship with someone else next to me and not have the TV running and sit and slowly enjoy my dinner. I think that's a beautiful thing that regardless of whether we're bloated or not, we should be doing that anyway, right? To help prevent any potential for bloating or other um, IBS problems in the future. I think that's a beautiful message. I really love that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we often rush, you know, as humans, we want that magical pill or that magical herb or supplement. And for sure, sometimes it's needed and depending on what root causes are going on in the person, but people still skip the absolute basics and particularly doing them consistently. It's really the consistency that I see that makes the absolute difference. So, you know, do get your sleep every single night. Do enjoy your food and be present with your food every single day and obviously making it with fresh produce um, that comes out of beautiful soil that has been grown with love, you know, and you showing your body that self-care and love while you're eating it and spending it in good company. Like all of those age-old things are still much more important and cannot be replaced with any supplement or any medication. Absolutely beautiful. Aline McCarthy, it's been such a pleasure having you here. I'm so stoked that you've joined us on the podcast. Where can people find you if they want to reach out? Well, come and find me on Instagram. I'm under the Wellness Witches. I um, gave myself a bit of a witchy name. And you can also find me on my website, thewellnesswitches.com.au. Awesome. Guys, we'll have those links in the show notes for you. Check Aileen out. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for pressing play today. I absolutely adored Aline's final message for us today. What a beautiful thing that we have the power to put into practice, if not tonight, then tomorrow night. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please hit subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends and family about Virgin Active Minds. Until next time, bye for now.